0: I firmly believe a strong business has a strong network, and this podcast is designed to break that invisible wall between listener and speaker. Every guest of this podcast is waiting for your connection, coffee chat, or discovery call. So listen in and continue the conversation. Are you ready? Let's get to it. Welcome back to discovery call podcast. I'm Danny Hamlet, your host. And today I'm really excited for you to meet Krista. And I just had to smile at the timing of when this episode is going to be released. So in a few weeks, I'm going to have a new website and I've been working on my copy and trying to, you know, I don't know. Has anyone else just kind of updated their copy on their website? And they are so stinking busy that you just kind of you keep trying to do it in the cracks of life. It's kind of what it's felt like and Krista gives so many good tips and so many good things to think about that I think all of us are going to go back to our website copy and kind of think, hey, what could I change up here? Or maybe you're in that position where you don't want to do your website like I'm doing it right now, doing your own copy and trying to get it done in between life and you are looking for a copywriter to help you with your website, help you with your SEO and all of that things. Krista is a perfect person for you to connect with. So I am excited for you to meet Krista. Get out those notebooks or those pencils or papers, whatever people use to take notes these days, and listen in because it's going to be awesome. Here's Krista. Welcome to the podcast, Krista. Can you share with our guest a little bit about like who you are and what you do?
1: Yeah, thanks, Danny. I am Krista. I'm an SEO website copywriter. So for those of you who don't know what all those jargony terms mean, it is I write the content for your website pages so that you show up in Google search results and then your website does the rest of the work to close the deal so that when you end up on those discovery calls with people, they are aligned fits who are ready to hire someone exactly like you.
0: Yes. Kind of like what we're doing a little bit right now, a little bit of a discovery call and (laughs) Mm -hmm. I so well done. And you know, it's it's so interesting because we know that we should have SEO on our website, but I know like that term alone overwhelms people. And so I love that you bring that in there for sure. And what would you say is kind of that first step when you're working with someone and you're really trying to find that SEO component? Like what do you look for first?
1: Yeah. So that's a great question. I would say the very first thing I look for is to see if you're already ranking for any search terms. Sometimes even if you haven't optimized your website, if you've been around for a long enough time, like you will just have started organically ranking for terms related to what you do. So if that's the case, I want to find out what those are and then actually do the work of optimizing your site for them. And you can get really, really quick results that way just by like putting in the foundational work. If we do that and it's, you're, you're not ranking for anything, which is totally okay. Then I would actually go through and do keyword research to figure out what are your ideal clients Googling for related to what you do and then using those terms to then optimize the copy and the metadata and some of the backend stuff on your site.
0: And I feel like sometimes people feel like, well, I am just like one of the million people. Who, who do this, yeah. you know, social media management, like I am one of many, right. But finding those like keywords that you rank for and going backwards to thinking, what are people searching for? So that is so good. Who are the ideal people that you work with? Who are those ideal clients? Or do you just kind of have a broad general audience that you work with?
1: Yeah. Great question. So I work with services companies. Most of them are professional services companies that have scaled a little bit. So they have a, a small team that's like replicating their service. Um, and yeah, that, that would that's who I work with.
0: Okay. Awesome. Awesome. I recently saw you posted something about introverts, how mm-hmm. oftentimes like happy can feel so loud. And I just would love for you to dip into that in a minute because I think that oftentimes you think of happy, we do have to be very extroverted and like grab people's attention. What is that big takeaway for someone who would be like an introverted entrepreneur?
1: Yeah. So that's something I love talking about just because it's like a personal experience thing for me as an introvert and just temperamentally, not all introverts are this way for sure, but temperamentally, I'm more on like the earnest, serious side of things. Like I am not very enthusiastic or bubbly by temperament. And one of the things as a copywriter, and I'm sure you've seen this too, Danny, in the social media marketing space, is that most of the people who get uh, online business famous, they tend to have these brand voices and vibes that are very kind of larger than life, very bold. Maybe they're super quirky, super bubbly, maybe super edgy, just like one extreme or the other. And I kept looking around and thinking, I don't resonate with any of this. And do I have to fake this voice? And it it felt kind of... um Reminiscent of my experience as like a younger version of myself maybe like late teens entering the world and feeling I felt a lot of the pressure in life in general to fake a extroverted bigger personality than I had because I saw that being rewarded more often. So it felt reminiscent of that. And that kind of made me angry. And so I started talking on podcasts in my content about like, hey, like we don't actually have to do that. Just like you don't have to do that in life. You don't have to do that in your content. You can just like write how you want to write. You can talk how you want to talk. So in terms of like how to do that, well, my biggest tip is like don't fake it if you don't want to. My second thing would be you know, a lot of us who identify with the type of person I'm talking about don't really want to be in the spotlight, like don't really want to talk about ourselves a ton. So to instead of like focusing on like, what is my voice? How what how am I going to come across, which can feel like a lot of pressure, especially when there aren't a ton of examples that with you would be to, you know, put the focus back on your audience. I think a lot of introverts do this naturally in conversation. Instead of talking about yourself, you listen to the other person and ask them questions. And it's the same thing in your content. You can get into their heads and just like speak to what they are
0: thinking about and needing to hear instead of
1: focusing so much
0: on your brand. I love that because we we can get in this rut where we have to, we think we have to copy like the the people that you see who are famous and really have a huge platform out there and like the truth be told is that you want to attract the people who are going to want to work with you as well and there are people who want to work with you and they I you know they don't want someone too extroverted (laughs) and (laughs) (laughs) you know like extroverted people are a ton of fun but I I think it is so important that especially on your website that Who they see on that website is matching who they'll work for at the other other end.
1: Absolutely. Yeah. And I would say for a lot of the clients that I work with, their clients are um, either like B2B or just like corporate audiences and a super... Over the top brand voice isn't appropriate for their space that they're in. It feels jarring for people. Not a, I've seen I've seen brands do it where they where they go that route and it is successful. So there's absolutely no reason you can't do it. But I'm also just giving permission for people who like don't want to focus on the voice as much and they want to come across how they actually are, which is more of like a straightforward. Here's what I mean. I'm saying what I mean. I'm being honest and I'm not throwing in a tons of jokes and asides all the time.
0: So a lot of my listeners are also kind of in that I don't know do it yourself space. Like they might be moving into that that zone where they're going to be thinking of hiring a copywriter for their website. So they're they're definitely here too, but they're also kind of in that part where they're like, how do I know if my website actually has good copy or not? Because I think yeah. people get really confused of what does that actually mean. So if you wanted, I think you have also have a handout. So if you want to talk about that first and kind of move into unpacking that a bit.
1: Yeah, so that's a great question. Yeah, so the the resource that you're mentioning is called my DIY website audit checklist, and this walks you through for your homepage, your services page, and your about page, and your contact page the elements to include on each page in terms of copy and even like user experience and things like that. And I find that can be really helpful for people who are like, I just need some like tangible like things to check off to make sure that I am doing it right, quote unquote.
0: That is awesome. So that'll definitely be in the show notes for everybody to grab. So like what would be like that first thing? Let's just talk about like that front page, right? Like when you first get in the website, like what would be a a number one thing that you think people should like look out for?
1: Hmm. Yeah. So this goes definitely for the homepage, but also for every single page on your website. One of the biggest mistakes I see people who have done their own website copy on their current site is a lack of meaningful headlines. So meaningful being the operative word there. So I see a lot of websites that are like their their main headline is like welcome or just the page title. On your about page, your main headline is about or like about me or I see a lot of like, hi, I'm Krista, and that's your whole headline on your homepage or any page, right? And the reason I think this is a mistake is because your headlines are the most important real estate on your site. Really, on any piece of copy, right? That you're reading, they are there to, you know, catch people who are skimming, which are most of us. And they're there to ensure that we want to read more, like actually read the body copy. Or maybe if we don't read the body copy, we still get. The main idea, right? So I recommend people do kind of like a newspaper style headline. Newspapers will put the whole point of the story into their headline. Man bites dog or whatever, whatever the headline <laughs> is. It's the whole story. And if you want to read more details, you can. Yeah. So that's how I would encourage people to approach headlines. So don't use like a throwaway headline, like the page title, Don't use something that doesn't actually tell the reader anything like welcome or hello or anything like that. Think about what is this page going to tell people and then shorten it as much as possible and make that the headline.
0: Oh, I really like that because you're basically asking people to be clear on what that is going to deliver. So have that clarity in there. We should think of subject lines for emails too. I want to know what this says because I kind of have a glimpse of what it's going to be about already in the subject line. So Yeah, exactly.
1: The subject line is like the headline of an email.
0: What if you struggle with it just being too long? I feel like sometimes people have like a hard time making things concise. Would you recommend a sub headline at that point, or just try to make it as concise as possible?
1: Oh yeah, I also struggle with this. I would say practically, my advice would be just write it how you want to write it. Like focus on here's the message I want to get across in this headline or this piece of body copy or whatever. Write it how you want to write it, like how it comes out so that it comes across the message. Let it rest and then go back at least a day later with your like editing cap on specifically through the lens of let me be ruthless about cutting out words. This is what I do with first drafts. I will write how I want to write it, making sure the messages are there first. I let it rest for at least 24 hours and then a couple of days, each day I'll come back with a different lens as like an editor. And one of the lenses is definitely like scanning for wordiness and making sure I can cut anything out that doesn't need to be there. I think having that breathing time and having that intention with your editing lens can be really helpful for helping you do it. Yeah. Other practical tips. Yes, you could break it into a sub headline. You could take out pronouns if you don't need them sometimes i'll write a headline that's like i help founders do this or whatever and you could actually probably just change it to like after i help founders do like take all of that out maybe and just start with what is the
0: actual thing that you're helping them do and that's the headline for example I totally agree with giving that breathing room because I think sometimes we have this pressure that, or, or we have this image that copywriters just write and it's good the first sitting, no. <laughs> right? <laughs> it is so not true. And I have the same thing when I, I write the captions for social media, I let myself write it and I come back to it later and I go through it and check it and And I like the, the visual of putting a different lens, like mm-hmm. having a different intention when you're reading it. That is so helpful. And give yourself time. Like don't try to write copy in a day, right? (laughs) Mm -hmm. Or write it in
1: a day, but then like have lots of other days to go back and edit it, you know? Exactly.
0: Oh, it's so good. Okay. And then what about like, what other parts of like the website copy would you say is the number one mistake that people don't think about?
1: Yeah. So This is more like a website strategy perspective, but something I see a lot are websites that are thought of like a choose your own adventure website where it's like, Okay. I have my homepage and the first section is about me. And then there's a link to my about page. And the next section is like, here's my blog and like a link to three different blog posts. And then the next section is here, all my services and a link to each service. And then the next section is like, here's my podcast and a link to that. And it's just, you're asking people like there are like seven different calls to actions and you're expecting people just to like randomly choose their own adventure through your site. This is OK. It's not the end of the world. But if you're going to think strategically about your website, if you are selling a service, the goal of your website is to sell that service and to get aligned clients on sales calls, discovery calls with you. So think about your whole site through that lens. How do I get people to qualify themselves or disqualify themselves? And if they are qualified, then they book a call with me. So in terms of strategy, like from a home page, where do you want people to go next? Um, sometimes depending on what your service is like maybe it's highly custom maybe you only do one thing right away from the homepage you want people to book a call sometimes you have multiple services for multiple audiences so you want to sort people into what service is appropriate for them and then go to that individual page it just sometimes you want people you have like one service but you have broken it into different pages to really describe how it works because it's a very high end luxury service so From the homepage, you want them to go to a how it works page. So just sort of mapping out that user journey for yourself and understanding where do I want people to go next and then structuring your website pages and the copy that you write to guide people toward that next right action can feel really supportive for people navigating your site and not overwhelming like, oh my God, this girl does so many things and I don't know which thing is right for me. I don't, should I read this blog first? Should I call her? Like, what should I do? It's just very clear.
0: That is so good. And I think, I'm thinking about my website. I I think I mentioned to you before, I'm getting it redone soon, but I believe every CTA is book a call, which is making me think what they're probably not ready when they first get on that, that webpage to just book a call. And it's probably after they look at the services and yeah, that is, that is really good because you want to make it fairly easy for them to navigate, but also guide them to where they should go next. I also like to talk about the about page because I I think the about page can get a little strange. <laughs> where you know we we kind of create our about page and we don't actually use that prime real estate to reach our audience. So what is your tip about the about me pages? So
1: again, that meaningful headline is huge. With about pages, this is probably the most common page I see it on is a title that's like about me or about Krista or like, hi, I'm Krista or something like that, that can absolutely be a sub headline if you're like or an H2 or somewhere if you're like actually introducing your bio. But for that main headline, uh, I encourage people to think about why do you go to someone's about page next time you're looking for a service provider to hire or to buy a resource from or something? Just think about like if you ever go over their about page, what are you looking for? I find for myself, the reason I visit about pages is to get a really clear through line of what someone offers. You know, I I want this. Here's what I do. Here's what I offer. Here's what I stand for. Kind of clear like nut graph almost. The second reason would be I want to see who this person is right because maybe a business name is different from their name and like they haven't really introduced themselves yet so I want to understand who I'd actually be talking to your reasons might be different but in general like using a headline to answer those questions so I like about page headlines that are just the really clear here's what I do here's what I stand for type of headlines Mm -hmm. Uh, so they're sort of they're like mission headlines but a little bit not a the formal language of a formal mission statement because that'd be really boring and kind of hard to (laughs) wrap
0: your head around. Right. Right. We probably wouldn't know what our formal mission statement would be for some of us. Right. Yeah. Right. Well,
1: some people make them and like in a business plan or something. And I don't know if that needs to be your headline. (laughs)
0: Right. Right. Okay. I think this is like a refreshing way of saying it because um, I've always heard start your about page and it's about them first. It's about them. And then you whittle down to like your interesting stuff. And so I think it's really cool that you're saying basically like what would be a unique thing that would just show your values, who you are, what you do kind of right off the bat.
1: In a way, it is about them in the sense that I'm encouraging you to write the headline through the lens of like what do you think they are on that page for and then giving it to them. Uh, but I don't – I mean, yeah, I've seen that strategy before where you're literally, let's talk about you first, and then you go into their pain points again. And like, I, I'm i not against that. I don't tend to write about pages that way just because I don't personally think that's what I'm seeking when I'm on an about page, and I want to serve my audience.
0: Right. Yeah, it, it is true. I guess I, I, I'm going to go visit some about pages and really see what brings me to that page. Like, what am I looking for? Because that's a really good experiment. 'Cause I don't think mm-hmm. we think about that too much. We just run autopilot and we're just like checking things out.
1: <laughs> right. Um, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> There's a reason. There's a reason behind like the autopilot though. Yeah. yeah. But it does take some slowing down your brain waves to figure out what that is.
0: Is there anything about anything else that you just think would be really good for the audience to like think about when it comes to their website?
1: Make sure you have copy above the fold if your template allows it, you know, if you're DIYing using a template or maybe you're choosing a template, try to go for one that has some like at least a headline above the fold. So that means you go to a website on your browser before you scroll at all. Is there any copy on the site or is it just a beautiful image? Is it just a beautiful moving graphic? Um And the reason is you just want to give people something to grab onto instead of this, okay, just kind of explore my site and and, and figure it out on your own. We always want to be taking people by the hand and guiding them through this information journey that leads them to the ultimate goal, which is their goal too. It's not just like you wanting them to book a call with you. They're on your site if they're a potential client because they're trying to decide if they should. So helping them make that decision is always really key.
0: So tell me a little bit if someone were to call you and were interested in looking at a copywriter for their website, what would those next steps be? What should they know before contacting you? Can you kind of walk us through that process?
1: Yeah. So I would say you're in a good place to hire a done-for-you expert, whether this is for your website, whether this is like a copywriter like me or a website designer. If you are not doing your first website, this is either your second, your third, your fourth, or whatever. You are a profitable business and most importantly, you're really solid on who you serve and what your offers are because you don't want to put all this work into a new site and then realize all oh, that's wrong and you have to redo it. So I would, I mean, if you have been in this business for a couple of years, this is your second, third, fourth site, you're probably there. But I just want to reiterate that. If you're DIYing, the best thing you can do is DIY. Like don't, don't stress like you don't need to hire a professional yet. So if you are looking to hire a professional, the first step would be to book a call. It's free. It's no obligation call. We just would chat through your needs. I would see if I'm a good fit for what you're looking for and vice versa. And then I would send you a proposal outlining the scope of the project and the goals of the project. You can choose to accept the proposal if you think it's a good fit. There would be like a start date in there too. And then we would move forward. And the, the very first thing I would send you would be a questionnaire, really, really brief. Then we would do a longer call where I would like ask you some answer, like ask you about your answers in the questionnaire. I really don't want to make you have to type out a ton. So that's why the questionnaire is super short and we're mostly just chatting. And then the only other thing I would need from you to get started would be the would be introductions or contact information of up to 6 past clients. This is really important so that I can interview them and we're not asking you to like guess about how they're feeling or what their point of view is, we're actually just asking them and making sure the messages will resonate.
0: Yeah, I yeah. heard even just having the exact way they phrase it could be surprising.
1: Yeah, totally.
0: <laughs> yeah, cuz you realize, "Oh, I didn't know they thought that," or they got that from me. Do you recommend doing the copy, then the design, or the design of the copy? Because I think sometimes that could be what what comes first.
1: Yeah, fantastic question because most people get this wrong unless you have done this before. But copy, absolutely first. So... Mm -hmm. This is important. Part of my work is also information architecture for the site and the website strategy because people don't consume websites the way you consume a novel where it's just like each word, then the next word, then the next word. Like we're skimming around. So it's part of my work is understanding that. I've done a lot of like user experience training to understand that and know like how things should be laid out for conversions. Um So, if you do the design first, the designer is designing totally blind. They're just like, I have no idea what the purpose of this page is or what it's going to say. And they just sort of like create that in a vacuum. And then you have to go in and like squeeze the copy into the spaces. And it's just not ideal. Many, many, many designers will not do that and you'll actually hire them and then they'll be like, okay, but I need your copy by this date. And then people get into this pickle where now they're scrambling. They've got two weeks to write all of their website copy on their own or try to find a copywriter who can do it in that short time frame. And it's a nightmare. So absolutely do the copy first, whether you're doing it yourself or whether you're hiring somebody, do that part first
0: and then go find a designer. Okay. That is such a good point. You probably get those frantic calls sometimes. Yeah. Like, I need copy. I need copy like tomorrow. (laughs) Right. And you want to have the time to be able to do it right. So that is good. Yeah.
1: Because it's so important. I mean, the design is also – is equally as important. Like, there's no hierarchy here. It's just – it's such a shame when one or the other like drags down the other piece and then you've put all this work, possibly money, a lot of time into your site and then it doesn't actually, you know, deliver a return on investment because one or the other is missing.
0: And then everybody, the ways to connect with Krista is going to be in the show notes below so you can kind of connect with her there for sure. Before we wrap up, though, I have a question I would love to hear. What is inspiring you right now?
1: Yeah. I would say what's inspiring me right now is reading. So I'm a big reader. I actually run a book club that's mostly like nonfiction stuff. But I also I'm actually not reading anything fiction right now, but I love both. And so that that's really inspiring for me as a writer and also just to get me out of my head, out of my business zone and like really plugged into another thing that has nothing to do with my day to day feels inspiring and refreshing and energizing
0: it is good to have something that is just separate from everything so what are you reading right now it could be your book club or Mm -hmm. just what's what's open right now
1: yeah so i'm reading two books right now one of them is called cultish the language of fanaticism i don't know if you've heard of that have you
0: i think i have yeah i think so
1: she's a los angeles author um So I feel like Living in Los Angeles, it's, like, a huge zeitgeisty book last year, this year. Um, But that is a nonfiction book all about, like, how language creates culty cultures in, like, actual cults, but then also in, like, just cultish stuff, like – like CrossFit and these groups that are like really on fire I don't
0: know that's <laughs> a good example I feel like I feel like I've, I've heard some funny reels I think about cult CrossFit back in the day of just like when you go to your first CrossFit thing it's just like oh my gosh <laughs> absolutely yeah
1: yeah and the author is like a linguist so it's really interesting me as somebody who is a writer who deals in words so to speak that one's been actually like really interesting
0: I have certain seasons where I read fiction and nonfiction. Mm-hmm. So uh, me too. Like, yeah, <laughs> I think I said before in the podcast where it's like, with fiction, I have to have the bandwidth to get sucked in and mm-hmm. just kind of, I don't know, once that rising action hits, I'm I'm done. <laughs> I'm like, I, who needs to sleep? I'm just gonna keep reading. So yeah, I love books too. Where can people find you online and where do you hang out the most on social media?
1: Yeah. So you can find me on my website, Krista Walsh Copywriter. My email's on there if you want to reach out directly. On social media, I'm on LinkedIn and Instagram. So Instagram is at Krista Walsh Copywriter. LinkedIn is my name, Krista Walsh, obviously. I'll probably give you those links, Danny. if people, especially LinkedIn, it might be easier to find me just with the link because I'm sure there are other Krista Walsh people on LinkedIn. (laughs) And then, yeah, I mentioned the website audit checklist. That's for free. That'll get you on my email list which is every Wednesday I send an email in as part of like a bigger series the next series I'm doing is how to write the content for each page of your website so like each week you'll get home page services page about page so that's going to be really huge if you want to join that list I'd happy to have you there
0: I love that you used your email list with series. I don't think I've ever yeah. heard that before. I'm sure it's not like completely novel, but like that is such a cool idea. And you just kind of start, it's almost like a podcast, like yeah. here's a series. But <laughs> <laughs> email, I love it. So thank you so much. And just to remind our guests that the goal is that you also go into the show notes and you book a coffee chat with Krista. The goal is five coffee chats and two discovery calls and beyond. I just remind everyone to continue that conversation. And if anything, if anything, connect with Krista online. So awesome. Well, thank you for coming on the discovery call. Yay. Thank you, Danny. All right. You know what to do. Go into the show notes, book a call with Krista, continue the conversation and just get to know more about what she does and, you know, enter her world. You can follow her on LinkedIn as well. If you remember, I am right now working on the copy of my own website. So you better believe I downloaded her lead magnet and it is awesome. So a lot of good things for you to check out in the show notes. Please do that. And hey, as always, thank you so much for being here. My goodness, I appreciate you. And I don't always encourage my listeners to do this, but I am also in the show notes. Like I'm here too, but I'm in the show notes as well. And there is a link that you can click on. And if you want to hop on a call with me and let's just talk, let's have a coffee chat. I want to know more about you. I want to know also like what draws you back to this podcast and what you would like to hear more of. There's just a ton of things we could talk about. So go down there, find a good time with me. Uh, April's a bit crazy, but hey, May's a new month and I look forward to connecting with you all. All right, thank you for listening in and I will see you next time on another Discovery Call.